0: Us today. If you've not been with us in a while, we've missed you and it's good to see you back in the Lord's house this morning. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Psalms. Uh, we'll uh, look here just for a little while, Psalms chapter 12. And I uh, hope you've had a good week this week and uh, just uh, praise God for the good... Uh, good singing we've heard through the choir this morning, and also uh, Sunday school hour was a wonderful time, we enjoyed that, appreciate Denny for uh, sharing with us what God had laid on his heart, and we encourage you to come out and be with us in Sunday school if you can, uh, we'd love to have you. I want to look uh, a little farther in, in Psalms, we've, we've jumped around a little bit, but uh, I want to uh, take a thought from the from the first few verses, but we're going to look at all of them, but mainly in the first few verses of Psalms chapter twelve. And uh, it, and as I read this and and begin to meditate and pray about it and study on it, I just really felt God, you know, speaking to me about uh, about you know. What's the answer? Uh, how do we change the course we're on, you know, uh, why does it seem like people are drifting farther and farther away spiritually? Why is our churches, you know, not full? A lot of questions come to my mind and, and I could kind of relate to David as he said this, uh, in this verse number one, and uh, and he begins to he begins to pray and talk to god and i still believe that's the answer is praying and talking to god and asking him for the answers to all of these issues that we're faced with and what we deal with and uh, how how do you get people turned back to god and uh, you know i've even uh, questioned in my own heart sometimes is it possible Uh, have we gone too far can 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 the Holy Spirit even convince people anymore that that we need to you know live godly and and honor Him and uh, and walk in the steps that He's asked us to walk in? And then it goes back to the lost people. Can can the Holy Spirit convince them that they need to be saved anymore? Uh, we just it just seems like that Satan has got such a uh, such a grip on people's minds that uh, we no longer, you know, feel like that the things that are spiritual are needful anymore. But, um, but I can assure you, they are. We still need it, and uh, it, it's very important uh, in our lives. And, and so, uh, David starts out in chapter 12, and, and and you'll notice what he says here in verse number one. He says, "Help, Lord." And, and I, you know, I really believe that you can just start right there and, and begin, you know, and, and not, not being in a critical sense, but if you don't see that you need help, you're not going to ask for help, you know. Um, I look around and, and I see that we need help, you know. I need help. We need help. As a church, we need help. We need God's help, you know. I don't think God's refusing to help us. I don't believe God's sitting in heaven saying, I ain't going to help them people. I believe God wants to help us. And God wants to supply the strength of what we need for for all the needs we have. But it uh, like, you know, people have just kind of drifted away and kind of, you know, have just kind of lost that zest and that zeal for for spiritual things in their life anymore. And, and I believe that uh, the writer in James said that God said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. And so that, you know, I'm talking to me too. I believe God wants us in a closer relationship with him, you know, and, and become more intimate with him. And and I know it's a struggle. Uh, Denny was talking about that word this morning. And uh, there is a struggle inside of all of us. And, and we have to war that or, or fight that fight and war that war fire that's in us every day. And so David says, help, Lord, help. And, and, and I pray today God will help us as we, uh, you know, as we begin to look for revival we begin to look for Bible school you know that God will help us with these things because it's more than just it's more than just James getting up here and and telling us about Bible school and it's more than me just setting a date for revival it's more than just you know us saying okay what can I do to help we need God to help. Oh, He's got to come on the scene, folks. I'm telling you. He's got to come on the scene in our lives individually in order for us to to see success that God wants us to have. So so help. Help. I mean, that's that's just a critical word, Lord. Help us. And, and And then notice what He says. Here's what really stood out to me. For the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fell from among the children of men. Now as you look at that verse David is telling us that he in his time and in his day was seeing a a I guess you would say just a a coldness and a falling away of God's people uh, a, a lack of a lack of passion for, for the things of God and, and he said, when I, when I look around, he said, it seems like the godly man has ceased, you know, where is the godly man, where is the godly woman, you know, when, when you, when you look at it in that sense, you have to say, you know, David, you're hitting a a solid point. You know, where, where is the praying man today? Where, where is the praying woman? Where is the, the godly family that you see, you know, getting everybody together and coming to church and our church houses being full? And, and people coming because they're hungry to hear from God. And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be a prophet of doom and I want to stand up here and, and, and bring everybody down but I believe that this verse is is very worthy of being looked at because when you look around, it seems like the numbers are getting less and less. So the godly man has ceased, and and then he says, the faithful fall from among the children of men. It seemed like as you look around and and as you begin to. Uh, scale the things of, of the church and, and not just here. Uh, Randy was talking here Wednesday night, I believe it was, as he stood here in our church and, and he was talking about uh, Miracle Lake and, and then the possibility of them, you know, making their program even uh, more lengthier to help the men because times have changed so much. But you look around in our own churches, and and you can see how that you know the faithful have fallen. Uh, you want to see growth, but but you can't because it's it's like it's like we just don't have that want to in us no more, you know. And so. David says, seems like just people just don't care no more. And then I look around and I see that. And I believe you do too. And uh, and I don't think that, you know, everybody's in that situation, but I believe a lot of people are. And Randy was talking Wednesday night about how that uh, Jack, you know, he was telling Jack how our church had fallen off and how our numbers have really have really declined, and, and it breaks my heart to see how we have declined. But I know it's not just here, and that's what Jack Bryant said. It's not just Connoisseur. It's all of our churches. Well, there's still some that's doing good. There's still some that has powerful numbers, great numbers. You know, I, I don't know what kind of churches they are. I don't know what they're doing. But all I can know is what's going on here. And I see our numbers have fallen; they have dropped terribly. And uh, and and you you know you look at this crowd right here this morning. Come back tonight and look at it. Come back Wednesday and look at it. I mean, as your pastor standing up here, I look out on this crowd. I would invite each one of you to come up here, and you look out, and you look at the empty pews. You look at the faces. That's not here. And then you begin to wonder. Well oh God is it me? You know. Do, do people despise me? Do people not like me no more? Do people not want to hear my preaching no more? I mean that's the battle I face. You know. So I go home with that. I deal with that all day on Sunday. And come back on Sunday night. And I wonder God does people want to hear me preach? And then I, then I leave on Sunday night with a handful of people. And I've got till Wednesday night to come. And I'm dealing with that. God, how many people really want to be here? You know. And so I come back the next Sunday and I pray that God will help us to be revived. And to see our church restored and our people, you know, just miraculously just have this divine encounter with God through the week and all of a sudden we're hungry and passionate for the things of God. You know, that's, that's what keeps me coming. And, um, and so as I read this verse, you can see how, how it really touched me, you know, and, and really, really spoke to me. Uh, Tennessee, the Tennessee football program has a brand new coach and everybody knows that. Um, it's Coach Pruitt's. His name, and uh, he's a little more, a little more old school. They say, uh, no nonsense, just just straight in your face coaching. No, uh, you know, no playing around. You either do it or you don't do it. That's just kind of the way he is. And a lot of people has has opened their arms to him because they have you know why they have you know why they have embraced change is because of what's happened in the past last year tennessee football dropped to its all-time low it lost more games than it's ever lost in a season the most embarrassing season they've ever had not only was the football team ready for a change but the state of tennessee was ready for a change. Yesterday they had their spring football game. I was able to watch some of it on television yesterday. There was, they said, 60,000 people that came to watch the spring football game. When they asked Pruitt about it, Coach Pruitt, he didn't have a whole lot of positive things to say about yesterday's game. He said I've seen a lot of people who didn't give their all. Seen a lot of people who started out like they were really going to do something and as the game went on they just kind of faded away. Seen a lot of missed tackling. Seen a lot of people that just didn't have their heart in it, didn't have their head in it. And he didn't only, he didn't only criticize his football team. He even said something about the crowd. About the people. And his point that he made yesterday stood out to me. He said, if Tennessee wants a better program, if Tennessee wants a better football team, it's not just the football team's going to have to change. He said, everybody's going to have to look in the mirror. That hit me right there. And I said, you know what? It's amazing how the Holy Spirit can take something like that and show a pastor something. Because I believe that if we're not careful. We're going to reach our all time low. And if we don't look in the mirror. If we don't start looking in the mirror. And that means making it personal. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. David said where is the righteous man? Where is the godly man? Where is the godly sanctuary? Where is the godly church? Where is the people? You know. Where are they at? What's happened to them? Maybe we need to look in the mirror this morning. You know, we we talk about how we want to have a great Bible school. How we want to have a great great revival. How we just want our church to be stronger. You know, we, we teach that we want to see God do mighty things, and and we preach about God doing great things, but maybe we need to look in the mirror. It starts right here, you know. I'm looking in that mirror every day as I pastor his church and I'm saying, God, God, is it me? Am I the one? Am I the reason? Do I need a change? Do they need a change? Do we even need a change or is it just that we need more of you? Amen. We just need to look in the mirror. And so David says, "Help, Lord, help us." Amen. And I believe that as a congregation as as we would come together and as we would pray in our in, here in our church and as we would go home to our elders at home, are we Praying God help us. Amen. Does God hear us as we plead before Him, help us? I guarantee you, if you was if you was drowning out here in the lake somewhere, and you were about to go under and die, you would scream, Help. Right. Help. Amen. If it got bad enough to where you needed somebody to come and rescue you you would scream as loud as you could, help! But we've not got to that point. But when we get there, when Moses was called of God, and as Moses stood there on holy ground, And he talked to a bush that was on fire. God said, Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. Let me tell you something. When God hears, when God begins to hear from Connoisseur, you'll see God move. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. This is the cry of God. What is the cry of the church? are we crying out for help this morning do we even want help do we even see that we need help a man will never be found until he's lost do we realize the shape we're in if we want God to change us we've got to look in the mirror And then God will do the work where is the godly man The faithful have fallen. We look around and we see so much that's happened. So much has happened. So much has taken place in our churches. The church has has lost so much power and so much influence. Has God changed? No. Has Has heaven changed? No. Has has the word of God changed? No. Has the Holy Spirit changed? No. The godly have fallen. We have fallen. Maybe we've not done something, you know, some big sin that's, that's, that's caused us to be a reproach on the church. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. We can, we can drift away. We can drift away from the shore like, like a ship that's without a rudder. We can drift away. We can become shipwrecked. And I know that we've got a wonderful church. but I tell you the last thing we need is a church just with people in it. We need a church with people filled with the Holy Spirit in it. Well, I don't want God to leave us. God loves His people. God favors His people. But God will not use us if we're not Willing to be used. And God will not sin what we pray for. If we don't realize that what we're praying for comes with a cost. It comes with a price. Oh I know. You say preacher. It don't really matter anymore. It don't really make any difference. Nothing's going to change. Things are just going to be like they are. I'm going to tell you something folks as long as there's a God in heaven we don't have to accept defeat we don't have to accept it we don't have to just step back and say well this is just the way it is I know that there's a falling away I realize that I know that hearts are getting colder I know that when I look back in my youth and look back at the things in the way church used to be Oh law, oh law! Sometimes, sometimes I can sit around and just remember the days of the shouting and the times when churches were full and people were getting saved and, and I mean, God was just moving. People were crying and weeping in the church and all. Oh, I don't know about you, but I, I, oh, I, my heart longs for those days. Can God do it again? can God do it again? <laughs> hey, he can. He can. If he can raise up a valley of dry bones, I tell you he can raise us up again too. Can he restore the church? Yes, he can. But we got to look in the mirror. I know here's the thing that I like to do a lot of times is I like to point fingers, don't you? I like to point fingers and, and say, God, we'd have a better church if she'd do this or he'd do that. Or, and that's kind of the norm. That's kind of the way we do it a lot of times. Maybe it's not always everybody else. Maybe it starts here. Maybe it just starts with me. Maybe I just need to get focused, you know. I think sometimes the devil will use, he'll use even our very congregation to pull us down. And it'll cause us to get bitter, it'll cause us to get distracted. I just want to encourage everybody to get your eyes on Jesus. If each individual will focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ, Wednesday night I taught here in our very church right here behind this sanctuary about accountability. Holding each other accountable. Holding yourself accountable. Husbands holding your wives accountable to God. Wife, hold your husband accountable to God. Leaders in the church hold each other accountable to each other. If we can't hold ourselves accountable, what good are we? What good are we? If I'm not willing to raise the standard, then what am I doing? What am I doing? If I ain't careful, I'll lower the standard. And so, if I lower it then, it, then it makes what I do more acceptable. A lot of times people are challenged by others who are trying to live right. They get mad at somebody because they do hold them accountable because they don't want to raise themselves to that level. Amen. I promise you I promise you that God he's he's willing he's ready he's able if we'll just ask him if we'll just do like David and say help Lord help us help us Lord help me help me God help me to, to to honor you Lord oh God I know I'm flesh I know I'm sinful I know I, I'm wretched I know I make mistakes God and, and God I, I plead before you and I beg for the blood to forgive me and wash me and cleanse me but God I pray today Father help me to honor you with my life help us to see our church grow and prosper see the Holy Spirit prosper inside of us and grow inside of us and flourish inside of us amen amen several things down through that chapter and Lord willing we'll look at them a little bit farther later but that's just kind of what the holy spirit had put on my heart today i was going to talk about the three little pigs and we might get to that later but this morning this morning i remember it's it's been years back It's probably the first revival we ever had at this church. And I asked uh, Denny Moore to come and preach revival at our church, Robert Moore. And he came and he preached revival. And he preached a series of sermons that week on how to have revival. And one point that he, and that's amazing, it's been 13 years ago I guess, and and this one point has stood out to me since then. In his message, he went through a lot of different thoughts about what it would take to have revival. But one word he used was desperate. Desperate. He said, when we get desperate for revival, God will send revival. How desperate are you this morning? How desperate are you? Are you desperate enough to come back tonight? Are you desperate enough to come Wednesday? Are you desperate enough... that you would say God whatever it takes I see a lot of people won't pray that prayer but if we want God to fill these pews you got to want it first and just to come in here and walk out that's not wanting nothing if you want God to save people's, Lives. You want to see this church seeing people saved and you wanna see us prosper and grow. You know, some people's just satisfied with and be honest about it. We're pretty content right here. I mean we're pretty content. We're all right financially. You know, we we've got a nice place to come and worship in. There's no trouble in the church. I think James had mentioned that and this morning. Somebody did in the prior room about, you know, I don't reckon there's any troubles in the church. And you know, we we kind of get content with that, don't we? We feel pretty good about it, you know. We got a preacher who, you know, been with us a while now and he's starting to figure out he can't change me, so He's about to get over it. And uh, so we're getting content with that. But I'm just asking you this morning, don't be content. Don't get content with just coming to church and just going through a form. Don't be content with that. Don't be content with just yourself, you've got to, listen, if you ever get satisfied spiritually, you're going to backslide spiritually. There has to be a hunger in your heart to get closer to God. If you have lost that hunger and that drive and that desire, you need to pray for help. You need to ask God to help you get that back. Because if you don't have that, you'll never, ever be happy. You'll never have joy in your life. You'll never experience what God wants for your life until you get hungry for Him again. Get desperate. Desperate for a good Bible school. Desperate for a good revival. Desperate to see these pews filled up. Are you praying for help this morning? I hope you are because I am. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. We need your help. We need your help at Conosco. The faithful have fallen. Where is the godly man? Where is the godly man? I pray this morning that you would not view this as a message where the preacher is just upset. I'm not upset at all. More than anything, my heart's broken. I'm disappointed. I guess that's probably the key word. I look around and I'm I'm very disappointed. Because I know in my heart that this church could be full of I know in my heart that this church could be doing so much more and we could see so much more from God. That's what disappoints me. But what do I do? The only thing I can do is say, Help, Lord. Help. Help me not to quit preaching. Help me not to give up. Help me, Lord, to To continue to be a light in a world of darkness. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? I could leave here a lot of times on Sunday night and face Monday in total despair and go to work and just all I'd have on my mind is a declining church, a dying church. And I would be so overwhelmed with that thought that I couldn't even smile. But what kind of testimony would that be? Who could I help if I was like that tomorrow? So I have to say, Lord, help me. Help me to face tomorrow. Help me to go and face those that I work with. Help me even though though my church seems like is unconcerned. Even though people are disappointing me and it seems like they don't care whether they disappoint me or not. Still yet, God, give me the strength to be a light to these people I work with. Because just a little distraction will take your mind off of what's important. And that's winning people to Jesus. Winning people to Jesus. So I guess as David cried out, I would cry out to you, help me, help me. I need your help. This morning, it's not that I need encouraging. I love to be encouraged. <laughs> I love I love when Ed, just about every time we get through here, Ed to shake my hand and he say, Preacher, you're doing a great job. And, and Ed, that means the world to me. It blesses my heart every time you do that. But that's not what I'm reaching out for. What I'm reaching out for is not for you to encourage me. It's for you to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what I'm reaching out for. It's, It's for you to just, you know, just come in here with a smile on your face. Come in here not dragging all your troubles and all the world behind you. Everybody's seeing you with your burdens. I'm asking you to shake this load off. I'm asking you to put a smile on your face. Be kind and tender hearted. I'm asking you to let the glory of God shine in your face. Be happy about what you have and who you are. And bring that zeal and excitement into this sanctuary. And clap your hands and praise the Lord. Smile and say amen. And God's doing great things. And God's going to do great things. We're going to have a great Bible school. and We're going to have a great revival. I know it because God done told me we're going to. And get that spirit about us. Amen. And come in here every time the doors are open, ready to see God do mighty things. Amen. I believe that'll bring us back to where we need to be. I really do. And when we sing, don't sing it like you mean it, sing it because you mean it. Amen. Mmm. <laughs> I wonder sometimes is God disappointed with me? As we close this morning this message that God laid on my heart more than anything I don't want you to serve God and to serve this church because of me. I want you to serve God and serve this church because of Him. I mean it's one thing when I'm disappointed. I get over it, and you might not even care. I'm going to tell you what you need to care about if God's disappointed with you. And that's what you need to search your heart with this morning. So, we're going to get a song, and Randy, you come on if you would, and Carol, and Brent, and Zach, and just come on, and we'll get a song of invitation. We'll just ask the Lord to help us. That's all I know to do. And what I was intending on going past that verse, but I had a feeling in my heart that God was going to speak to us in that. H E L P. Help. You know, we're going to all need help sometime. I, I mean, it'd be great if I could. Started out, you know, and went through life and never needed help, but I've had to have help A lot of times I've had to have help I'm gonna tell you something I had a prior answer <laughs> It ain't gonna mean nothing to any of y'all But I lost something a, little, a few weeks ago Well, it showed up And man, I was so relieved When I saw what I lost, I didn't know whether to hug it or kill it. I wanted to do both. I called Jordan. I said, son, I'm going to need your help today. There ain't none of us going to get through life without needing help. Got to have help. God wants to help you He wants to help you I help you all I can This guy right here He helped you all he can I know that He's helped me more than I can I can even say But with all the help That's within me and him there's a line drawn to where we can't go. There's a place only God can reach. Amen. If that's the kind of help you need today, God can help you. He can help you. You got to see you need it first. though. So we're going to sing this song. And if you need help today, I'll help you. Amen. I'll help you pray. I'll I help and talk to you. I mean, I've helped people all down through the years, and I've tried to be a good help to people. But in all the good help I've tried to give, there's only one that can forgive sin. Amen. There's only one that can save. There's only one that can heal. And if you'll ask him, he'll help you. He'll help you. So Randy, go ahead and lead us in this song. Have thine own way.